huge stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post game show. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And welcome to another episode. It's our third live show today. You are home with Dodgers Nation and Jim Beam. Please drink responsibly. We have a lot to unpack in this one. Lynn's sanity has come to LA. Lance Lynn makes his Dodger debut. He was solid, goes seven innings today, gives up three earned runs, three home runs, solo shots. You'll live with those. Five hits, seven strikeouts, one walk, 30. 37 called strike whip percentage had 16 whiffs. I thought he was solid. It was the longest Dodgers starting pitching performance since June 20th, since Clayton Kershaw's gem on the road in Anaheim. So, yeah, the home runs are an issue. He has served up a Major League Baseball leading 31 dongs this year. That's something that Mark Pryor and company have to fix, but a very promising start from Lance Lynn. I give it an A. An A when you consider that. Your first start, really haven't gotten in that Mark Pritcher, Mark Pryor pitching lab. You really haven't kind of hashed out these mechanical issues, these sequencing issues that you might be having. And all of the home runs they gave up, I mean, you're seeing a miss out of the plate. You're seeing a missing high. And really, that tends to be the issue. And you're not going to get away with 91, 92 mile per hour fastballs up in the zone. Opponents are going to crush that. But how about Kike Hernandez tonight? I thought he was fantastic. He hits the big hit there that blows things wide open there in the fourth inning with the three run bases clearing double. Kike Hernandez now with the Dodgers. He has absolutely provided a spark. He's 4 for 13 with two doubles with LA. Had those three RBIs today. And I think as a whole this team got a big win. Mookie and Freddie, they were fantastic. Mookie gets his first home run in 12 games. First home run since mid-July is 28th of the year. Freddie Freeman another big night for Fredericks of Hollywood. He was fantastic once again. Freddie, another four-hit game. He goes 4 for 5. Mookie goes 2 for 5. So the head of the snake right there the tip of the spear they end up combining to go six for ten on the night with two rbis so this dodgers team they get the win they improved to 60 and 45 on the year two and a half games up in the division we're going to talk about the trade deadline a little more aftermath talk about a little more about yarbrough a little about erod now you guys want to talk about that but let's not forget why we make these trades is to win these games right it's still about what happens in between those lines and let me know what were your thoughts on lance lynn's performance i was very pleased 
You guys know after the Dodgers made that trade, after the Dodgers traded for Lance Lynn, I planted my flag and said that Lance Lynn is going to be good. He's going to be solid. I compared it to Chris Martin last year. High strikeout rate, had an issue with the home runs. They corrected that, and he was great towards the end of the season and really one of the best relievers that the Dodgers had along with Evan Phillips last season. Well, Lance Lynn, solid, man. Seven innings, and he was efficient. I think that was a big thing, too. The efficiency was really what stood out. So, yeah, we're going to break down his whole outing. We're going to talk about that. We're talk about Kike Hernandez. But, yeah, how about Kike Hernandez going up there, getting that big hit in a big spot? Let's get down to your comments. Craig Osterberg gives it an A. Not impressed with Lance Lynn. It was against the A's, LOL. from JKid323. That's fair. Not going to fault you on that. You have to consider the offense on that one. But Doug deserves ample super chats for his third live stream of the day. Oh, and Noah Cameras, the Noah Cameras, who people love in the chat for sure. Go follow him at Noah Cameras. David Hurt, I think Dodgers fans are just focused on the bad. We can't just go out and make huge moves all the time. We need to wait for our injured players to come back. Yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of ifs. A lot of things have to break right for this Dodgers team. And yeah, to your point, not a lot of great options there. I mean, the one guy they wanted... At the very top, Justin Verlander, he had the connection with the Houston Astros, and he wanted to go back to Houston, and they were willing to pay a lot of that. I mean, that's tough to really compete. So when they're paying that much, and you're the the New York Mets, and you're sending guys like Verlander back to Houston, and then Erod, he turns down the Dodgers. He vetoes that trade. There's really not too many options. They did address their needs to an extent. Here's the only issue, though. I mean... Look, Yarbrough, Lynn, they're here now. You need Clayton to come back. You need Kershaw, Urias, Gonson, Lynn, and Yarbrough. That's pretty much who you're rolling with. And I think Bobby Miller, he fits in there as well. I think that he's absolutely earned a spot. We'll see what you have, what you have with Walker Buehler. If Walker Buehler comes back and looks anything like the Walker Buehler of old, ain't like the Walker Buehler that we saw in 2018 and 2020, that's going to definitely bode well, even if it's in a multi-inning role, even if it's in a piggyback role. What if you piggyback Walker Buehler and Tony Gonson? I mean, there are options. This team is not bereft of talent. Let's not forget this team is leading their division. Okay, let's not forget that. If you want to look at the Mitch Lotta half full, which I'm all looking for, you have to consider that. I think Sheehan ultimately goes down. I think Miller, he stays up because I think really at this point he could start above a lot of these guys in this Dodgers rotation, so he's earned that. But it's just a matter of can he stay consistent when the innings start to pile up? Because at some point we're going to be looking at uncharted waters with Bobby Miller pitching at this level but I think Ryan Yarbrough lots of interesting things to talk about with him after we break down this game I have some thoughts on Ryan Yarbrough because I think there is a possibility that Yarbrough would he been a better pickup than Erod Mr. I don't like to win Mr. I veto a trade to the best city in the world Los Angeles California fine stay stay in Detroit Take the L in Detroit. I mean, he said he wants to be on the East Coast. Detroit's in the Midwest, my man. I mean, get your geography straight, first of all. But, hey, you know what? If you want to be a Dodger, that's on you. Like Kobe Bryant said, Los Angeles is not for everyone. Playing in this pressure cooker of an environment is not for everyone. And I think that if that was his mentality, that he wants to stay in Detroit and have a nice little season to hopefully get himself a better deal, then fine. He wasn't built for this anyway. And, yeah, we're going to talk about some of the comments that Andrew Friedman made, which I thought were very interested. As far as Friedman, he said that we did not expect it at all. This when he was asked about him vetoing the trade, the no trade clause that he – 
had that. And look, really, this comes back to Detroit and the Mets. You put that no trade clause in those contracts, it comes back to bite you. You don't get those prospects. And we know that Eddie's Leonard, he ended up going to Detroit on a cash considerations deal. But still, I mean, Friedman said, we thought having a lot of his ex-teammates, guys you played with, and our place in the standings would be very desirable. So the Dodgers were definitely blindsided by this. And yeah, it was an unfortunate case of scenario for this Dodgers team that Definitely made a big effort to try to improve on the margins and hopefully get another starting pitcher. But we're here now. Let's ride. We got these guys. You just got to get hot at the right time, peak at the right time, and you got to get those 11 wins. 11 wins. And you can lose games, right? You don't have to go 11-0, right? Those are seven-game series. Those are five-game series. So let's see what we can do with this season. Let's see if they can hit on these guys and guys get healthy and pitch to their capabilities, which is the number one thing for this team. We got Noah Ortega, believe in Friedman. J-Kid, by the way, can't forget the shoey. Okay, man, no more shoeys today unless they – unless that was – I don't know. There's really no way I can get a shoey today, man. I mean, maybe if uh, – if uh, Otani goes and tells he's going to guarantee to sign with the with the Dodgers after next season. By the way, did you hear Max Scherzer's comments about his conversation with Billy Epler and the fact that it's a transit uh, a transitory year for that Mets team and that they're not going to go big on free agents this offseason. They're looking more to 2025 and 2026. If the Mets are out of the fold, I like the Dodgers' chances even more for Shohei Otani. Let's just put it that way. Orlando Lynn threw a lot of ball down the middle, got away with a lot of those pitches. Orlando, yeah, and that's something that I was looking at too. And you look at his pitch mix, and I think that's the first thing that you're going to want to identify. The first thing you're going to want to evaluate when it comes to Lance Lynn and how he's performing with the Dodgers versus the White Sox is one, how's the defense behind him? But two, how's that pitch mix? Because tonight, through 69% four-seam fastball, 69% four-seam fastball for Lance Lynn tonight. So that tells you that was a little bit of adjustment. You didn't see as much cutter tonight, and that's something that you're going to want to look at is how does the sequencing look? Because you look at his splits with Yasmani pass ball. I mean, Yasmani Grandal, the Catchers in Chicago, that's a factor. Here you have Will Smith. You're going to occasionally have Austin Barnes. But on the year, Lance Lynn coming into tonight's start was throwing his four-seam fastball 40.6% of the time. 40.6% of the time. Tonight he threw that four-seam fastball 69% of the time. The curveball, he threw 14% of the time tonight. On the year, he had been throwing that curveball at a 7.2% clip. And then the real big drop-off was the cutter. So the cutter was his second most used pitch on the year heading into tonight. He had been throwing at 26.5% of the time. Tonight, he threw that cutter 4% of the time. So that will tell you that this Dodgers organization has already had conversations with Lance Lynn about his pitch mix. And it's clear to me that this is a Dodgers team that likes that cutter as far as you saw the success that Groves had against lefties, that Ryan Brazier has had... with that pitch and trying to solidify what he's done on the mound. And I think that you're going to see them go to that. So yeah, we'll see. You're going to see him limit that and try to throw more four seam fastballs, more curveball. So that four seam fastball during certain spots tonight, it was electric. I mean, five of his seven punch outs were that four seam fastball. The other was that curveball. So four, uh, five of the seven, the fastball, two of the seven, the curveball. So that shows you that they're already hard at work trying to figure out a pitch mix. And then if you look later in the game when when Geloff homer that was on a four-seam fastball that he left up and just missed the target they wanted it down he left it up and fortunately he hits it out I mean that's the A's all-star and then later the other two 
Actually, no, Rooker's the all-star, right? Rooker made the all-star team. That was on the cutter, right? And that cutter just caught way too much of the plate. And that's a pitch that he struggled with. And that was first pitch. He was sitting on it. And that's the pitch that you saw him limit some of his usage with tonight. And then the Diaz home run a few batters later on the 2-1 count. That was on the 14 fastball that was right out over the plate at 91 miles per hour. So you're not going to get away with that at the big league level. So they have to find a way to improve that but yeah it was the A's lineup don't get me wrong but there was some promise tonight with Lance Lynn so let's jump into your comments here we'll break down this game guys but thanks for rocking with us here the third live stream of the day but hey let's let's celebrate because Dodger baseball is back let's try to spin a positive it was the greatest of deadlines it was a disappointing deadline let's just be honest about that but still hey we're not going to give up on this team right I mean at the end of the day lots of talent on this team, Mookie, Freddie, they have the ability to carry a lineup. Will Smith, they just have to find a way to figure out the pitching situation just to give themselves a chance. But here we go. Sheehan is better than Miller. How can people not see that? That's from Dino's 5150. I think she has a lot of potential. And I think that if Sheehan is someone that I think is built for the bullpen in the postseason, I absolutely think that he's a better option than Tony Gonson out of the pen if they're going to go that direction. We got Andre Medina. What an Andre? We got Cody Dmac. You're the man. Three live streams in one day. Sheesh, the real MVP. Oh, thanks, Cody. Appreciate you. That's a comment of the game. Uh, hi, Dian. What's up, D-I-N, Schroeder? You can't spell Diane without D-N, right? Okay, so welcome to the show, as always. Craig Osterberg in the chat. Erod doesn't want to play in the postseason. Don't need players with that attitude. L.A. dodged a bull. That's from Ed Gardner. I think that's a fire take right there from Ed Gardner over on YouTube. Anthony Lloyd, Lance is decent through five. Dodgers will need some middle relief when he starts again. That's from Anthony Lloyd over on YouTube. Maddie Man Dodge, that's a big win. All the new guys contributed. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic point. I mean, you can really start right there. This offense, they had been struggling. They had scored like three runs in the last 24 innings. And then they were able to get something going there. There in the bottom of the fourth inning. Freddie Freeman leadoff single to right. Will Smith, he goes down swinging. Rosario, he struck out swinging. Not a good night for Rosario, who goes 0 for 4. And then Muncie, he walked. Freeman advances to second there with two outs. And then a really great at-bat. This one will probably go unnoticed. Probably won't be talked about that much. But a great at-bat there from Chris Taylor. Seventh pitch of the at-bat. He draws a walk to load the bases and then 2-2 pitch to James Outman very next batter the sixth pitch of the at bat he's hit by the pitch that scores the Dodgers first run of the night that was it for Walter Chuck that made it one nothing Dodgers right there. The next batter, Kike Hernandez. This was the Dodgers Nation postgame show at bat of the game. And a fantastic approach there by Kike. He falls behind the count right away. He takes strike one, looking low and away for strike one. Second pitch, he fouls off a slider top of the zone. 0-2 pitch right away. Then he takes a fastball up out of the zone for ball one. Fouls off a slider bottom of the zone. And then fifth pitch, the AB fouls off a four seam away. Then he takes a slider out of the zone for ball two. Then seventh pitch to the bat 2-2 count he doubles to left to clear the bases for a three-run double to make it four nothing Dodgers a big big base hit there for Kike Hernandez his biggest hit since rejoining the team the Take a look at that hit there. Hernandez drives it to left center hit on the Finds button right over the and clear the bases. Okay, that's clear the bases. A great there piece of hitting, like I said, falls behind the count. The Dodgers, 251. There you go. You got the Frank. He's Frank. He got some extra. 
salsa, extra spice on it right there. So, yeah, I mean, you love that at bat. And then Kike having success early on after rejoining the Dodgers, I think is absolutely pivotal. You'd love that. And I think that's something that's going to bode well. I mean, he's someone that really thrives when he's confident, right? So, yeah, that definitely was the big inning right there. And then you look at this Dodgers offense later. They're able to add runs. And they're able to get that one run back after the top of the seventh inning. Rooker hits the bomb, 30th home run allowed by Lance Lynn this year at MLB League leading 30th home run. And then, yeah, the cutter hung it there. Then Soderstrom, he flied to left for the first out. Then 2-1 to Diaz. Homer Sarai, 31st home run he served up this year. That made it 4-3. to So then you're starting to get a little concerned. A one-run game gets Kemp to ground a second for the second out. Then he strikes out Diaz swinging with a four-seam fastball top of the zone. Then bottom of the seventh, the Dodgers, they get the run back thanks to Mookie Betts. 28th home run of the year. First home run his last 12. Had a home run since mid-July. That makes it 5-3 to Dodgers. They got the one run back. And then later, they're able to get another run. So you, right there, it's 5-3. to three. And then later in that inning, bottom of the seventh, Altman, he walks with the bases loaded to score Freddie Freeman. That made it 6-3 to three Dodgers. So they get two runs on two hits there in the seventh. Then they tack on another run there in the bottom of the eighth inning after Mookie Betts one out double to left. So a good game for Mookie Betts. You need to have Mookie Betts heat up. That's something that... He was absolutely on a heater for the month of July early on. Then he started to cool off, had the ankle injury. He was a little banged up. So nice to see him have a really, really solid night. Two extra base hits for Marcus Lynn Betts. And Freddie Freeman, great piece of hitting. One, two in the count. He singled to center. That scored Mookie to make it seven to three Dodgers. Then top of the ninth, Bruce Dark Gratterall. It looked like he was cruising. Gets the first two outs on two pitches. Then he walks Diaz, was struggling with that sinker command. Then he walks K. And then he gets Diaz to ground to third. So, yeah, I mean, a good win for the Dodgers. 7-3, especially after today. I mean, they did beat a team that's a 30-win team. But still, nice to get back on the winning side. We'll jump back in the comments section. Have some more thoughts on Erod, the trade deadline, aftermath, Andrew Friedman and company. But let me know, what are your thoughts on Lance Lynn? I think Lance Lynn performed very, very well tonight. I gave him a lot of credit. Still adjusting, still transitioning from the White Sox to the Dodgers. So, I thought he pitched well considering the circumstances. You'll live with three home runs if they're solo shots and you have that kind of run support. And yes, you have to consider who they're facing, but he struck out seven. He had the long leash because how how efficient he was. That pitch count was low. He finished with just 93 pitches in those seven innings. He never was pitching from behind him. It was scoreless until that fourth inning there. So it was tight a little early on until they broke it wide open. So, yeah, how about Lance Lynn? Let's show some highlights of Lance Lynn because I was very impressed. Now the payoff from Lynn. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. 
I mean, he gets the whiffs, man. He gets the whiffs in the zone. Gets that chase right there. I mean, there was some really, really nice. I mean, fastball forcing up in the zone, challenging hitters. I mean, it is something that you have to consider with him is the fact that, yeah, the strikeouts are there. The swing and miss is there. Challenging hitters. It's just about avoiding just the heart of the plate. And that's where he gets in trouble. I mean, if you look at the target, if you look at where the balls were landing on some of those pitches, that's really the concern level. But the move is filthy. That's dirty right there. That's dirty. That's insanity right there. Fastball up in the zone. Upstairs. Fire, passion. I'm Lynn. telling you, Lance Lynn, I think we're going to love him, man. I really do. He's not going to be perfect. He's not going to be a Cy Young contender, right? But I do think that the length is what you respect, right? When you have a starting rotation that's 26th in Major League Baseball in innings pitched, seven innings of a three-run ball, are you kidding me? You will take that every day. You will gladly take that from Lance Lynn. But here we go. More of your comments. Let's jump right into it. Ryan Yarbrough is like a younger version of Rich Hill. Victor Banos, that is something that's so interesting because I was thinking about kind of some comparisons. That's one that popped into my mind earlier as far as someone that limits hard contact He's not going to blow you away with a high-velocity fastball, but he just the command is pristine with Yarbrough. And I will say there's some very interesting numbers when it comes to him. As a starter, this year as a starter, in seven games, he has a 3.08 ERA. In seven games coming out of the pen as a reliever, a 7.62 ERA. So a very wide disparity there. You could see him use it in an opener role, in a piggyback role. You could see him starting games and also too if you look at July he had a 2.19 ERA in July in 24 and two-thirds innings pitch and four starts competition wasn't great but still those are very promising numbers so yeah I mean that to me you compare that so you look at his July right his July a 2.19 ERA if you look at Erod's numbers Eduardo Rodriguez mister I don't like to win I want to stay in Detroit on a losing team because I don't want to compete I want to throw my glove on the mound and have a little temper tantrum hey hey I can't wait till late September hopefully he's on the mound and the Dodgers can hurt his ERA and hurt his contract stats no I'm just kidding but look since he's returned from that that injury where he ruptured his pulley finger right <laughs> since he did that He's had a 5.66 ERA in four starts with 24 punch outs and five walks in 20 and two-thirds innings. So over the last month, I mean, they're both left-handed pitchers. They're both guys that when they're at their best, they induce soft contact. They're both guys that when you are on the mound, if you're throwing strikes, that they're effective. So, I mean, there are some, uh, some similarities between Yarbrough and and Erod, I mean, both lefties, like I said, soft contacts, name of the game. And I'm hoping that Yarbrough can have a very similar, similar effectiveness as him as far as going out there and performing well. So, yeah, I'm starting to feel pretty good about it. I mean, these Dodgers basically owe $1 million for the remainder of this season. I think he's someone that was a backup plan. That's one thing that I do respect as far as, look, the Dodgers, you can criticize them for not having the intel that Eduardo Rodriguez might veto a trade because the Dodgers were one of the 10 teams on his no trade clause list. Yeah, fine. That's okay. But they did pivot. They did at the very least pivot. I mean, like I said on the show today, pulling off a deal for Dylan Cease, that takes a lot of time and planning. And that would have probably required Bobby Miller. That would have probably required a significant overpay, right? That would have required a significant overpay. Dodgers didn't want to do that. 
I think if it we'll never know how close they were as far as the talks for cease, but yeah, I mean, there just wasn't a lot of starting pitchers that were available. But here we go. Johan Dmag. let's remember last year, we didn't sign anybody. We actually got rid of players, and we're still in first place now. Real cast from Jonah over on YouTube. They don't have enough pitching to win 11 games in the playoffs. That's from Jason Diamond. Look, on paper right now, that is one thing you will say. That is one thing that I think is a fair take if you want to assess this team moving forward after the deadline, is all these guys could work out. All these guys could have success. I think Joe Kelly is going to have success. I think he's going to be nasty. I think he's also going to have some games where maybe he's erratic. Maybe he gives up some hits. Maybe he doesn't come through. Kike could go through some slumps. Rosario could go through some slumps, right? Those guys aren't expected to be everyday player impact bats like a Nolan Arenado or someone like that, right? But I will say... I do think you have to look at this group as a whole. I think cumulatively, I think these guys are going to provide an upgrade to what was existing on this roster. So from that standpoint, there was an upgrade. There was an improvement as far as raising the floor of this team. I don't think it raised the ceiling incredibly high, right? There's no game-changing starter that's saying, hey, let's have a debate. Is he going to be a game one or two starter? Probably not, right? I mean, Lance Lynn, if he continues to improve with this team, if he can find a way to limit the long ball and keep the ball in the yard strikeout stuff is there the whiff rates there the innings count is there and I think he's going to be a number three or four starter in this rotation I truly believe that but on the flip side I think there is a world where these guys don't have any success and you could point to the fact that they were negative war players right so the point I'm trying to make is they didn't trade for any guys that you can pretty much guarantee right now that they're going to have success I mean, there's a lot of, oh, change of scenery players. And I said, I don't want a change of scenery player. I want a game-changing player. I want to change the course of the season. Now, it could all work out, and you get guys healthy, and you're in a pretty good position the postseason, but didn't feel like that this team is that hot as far as Andrew Friedman and how much he believes in this group. So, I mean, look, hey, I guaranteed you five moves, didn't I? Didn't I say before this, before the trade deadline that I would guarantee you five player acquisitions? I was hoping for a different crop, but there is potential here. There is upside with some of these guys. Grow a beer, pitch better. Grow a bear, pitch better. That's from B. Guzman. Got the W from Joey Yarbrough. Hey, what up, Joey Yarbrough, by the way? Uh, respect. We got... Uh, uh, if Lynn gives up no more than three runs each outing, I'll consider that a win. There you go, pound for pound. So we look at it. To Hornitos, kind of the game. Will Smith, kind of mid sequencing. I'm not going to lie. That's from Lee Chen. Yeah, I think if you're going to probably like point a finger at. Will Smith, as far as the sequencing, that's something that continues to develop. And that's something that is not a linear progression, right? Progress isn't linear when it comes to that. There's a lot of instinct, a lot of feel. And then one that comes to mind is the Rosario at bat, of course, with Walker Bueller on the mound there in Game 6 of the 2020 NLCS. You didn't love the sequencing there. You wanted to see a little more junk, right? So, I mean, you just got to trust that he's continuing to, to develop. And, look, his offense more than justifies him being behind the plate. But Dino's D... Uh, Dino's 5150, summer 2022, winter 2022, summer 2023, and Andrew can't get one A starting pitcher, and fanboys love him. Dino's 5150. That's a fair assessment. That's a that's fair criticism. I mean, 
That's the reality. Third day live, DMAC. Thanks, Diane. Thanks, Rogmans. We always appreciate you. Bruce Davis. Oh, yeah. Freeman went all in today on a bust pitcher. Jason Pendergraf. Freeman did his interview in glasses when no one else was. Classic technique to sell a lie. That's from Jason Pendergraf. I mean, look. You guys know that I already said, look, I mean, to say this in Freedom We Trust thing is ridiculous. That's fanboy stuff. That's not looking at everything. And to me, would I trade Andrew Friedman for any president of baseball operations out there? No. I love this stability. I grew up seeing this Dodgers team win nothing, right? I mean, 2004 was our first taste of success in a long time, right? I mean, you guys got it good. We're spoiled as a fan base. We really are. That's not to say that I don't feel like this team should not have already won more World Series. That's not to say that I don't think that there were some moves here and there that I think are regrettable for sure. But you're not going to bat a 1,000 as a GM, as a president of baseball operations. And I think that... He was in a tough spot. And look, let's say there's no Erod. Let's say there's no Eduardo Rodriguez. And they went to the deadline today and they said, nope, we're good. Let's run. We got we got our guys. We got Lance Lynn. Then I would say, yeah, that's deserving of a D minus. That's something that that's a D, right? But you did try to get an, a Rodriguez, and you pivoted pretty quickly to a Yarbrough when there's really not a lot of game, not a lot of game changing starting pitchers out there that were especially attainable. I mean, let's say Dylan Cease goes somewhere else. Let's say he goes to another franchise and we're looking at the prospect hall they got and you're saying to yourself, oh, they gave up three of their top five prospects. They gave up three of their top ten prospects. You can say, oh, wait a minute. The Dodgers could have done that. They have the prospect capital. They have the surplus when it comes to pitching depth to get that deal done. Then you're angry. Then you're pounding your fist and you're very frustrated. And, yeah, I do think it's frustrating to see – this team not load up with another ace. And trust me, you guys know how I feel about that. Literally, at the beginning of the season, if you guys watched the first show of the year, I said even when Dustin May was healthy, even when everyone was healthy, my number one concern for this team was starting pitching because every year it feels like it's a season of squid game, right? That the injury bug just sinks its teeth into this franchise and guys go down. So you need starting pitching because that definitely wins in the postseason. So, yeah, absolutely, you want that. But... Where they're sitting today, it's really predicated on can they get their existing players to, one, perform at the level that we've seen them perform at in the past, and two, get healthy. Like I said earlier, the big X factor today is can Walker Buehler come back? It's help me, Obi-Wan, you're our only hope. No, it's help me, Walker Buehler, you're our only hope. You need Butane back for this team to, I think, have a realistic shot of going deep into the postseason. That's a lot to pin on a guy that hasn't had his second Tommy John surgery, right? It's his second major arm surgery. I should say. So, yeah, it's definitely a lot, but that's just the reality of the situation for this Dodgers team. They didn't go out there and they weren't aggressive. Let's say there was a lot of factors, too, they just could not control. They couldn't control the fact that Justin Verlander was a Houston Astro that's had a lot of history there, that's had success there, that's won Cy Young's and World Series there, and that's where he wanted to be, right? I'm sure if that was a level playing field, the Dodgers could have offered a lot as far as a World Series contender, a place that's a coastal city los angeles california a lot of people probably want to play here but that wasn't level playing field 
Eduardo Rodriguez, he wanted to stay with his family, apparently, right? He doesn't like winning. He had a no-trade clause, so that wasn't a level playing field. So Blake Snell didn't get traded. Dylan Cease didn't get traded. Corbin Burns didn't get traded. A lot of these guys that we thought might have been dealt. Marcus Stroman didn't get traded, right? A lot of these guys that we thought were going to be dealt did not get traded. I think if you look back now, you might say to yourself, the Lucas Giolito, Maybe get Giolito and Lynn in one deal with Joe Kelly, and you kind of look back. So I think if you want to regret one deal, maybe that's the deal you kind of regret. Could the Dodgers have gotten Lucas Giolito from the White Sox in a big trade, and you get three of those White Sox players in L.A.? That, to me, is something that you could consider regretting because the Giolito, he's going to be solid. I mean, I, like I said, I don't think he's an ace, right? I don't think he's an ace by any stretch, but he has ace flashes, right? I mean, he's a guy who's pitched a no-hitter. So I think looking back, maybe that's one. I mean, I mean, do they really seriously consider Mitch Keller? Do they really seriously consider parting ways with some of their top-level talent for Dylan Cease. But if you look at Giolito, his first start where... I mean, we're gonna, with the Angels, he ends up going five and a third, allowed three earned runs and two home runs. So he's it's not like that's lights out, right? I mean, so, yeah, it's just tough. I mean, moving forward, the lesson is, man, premium starting pitching, it doesn't grow on trees. It's tough to find. If you can get it, though, it's definitely game-changing. But here, let me get a focus on these comments, guys. I know you guys are lining up, so I'm going to read tons and tons of comments right now. So I appreciate you guys rocking with us out of the Dodgers. Get the win. Lancelin makes his big debut. Kike has the big hit. Mookie and Freddie, they combine to go six for 10 on the night. Two big extra base hits from Mookie Betts because it's a 28th home run. Dodgers ahead of the Giants in the division. Two and a half games ahead of San Francisco after the win. And they get the 60th win, too. 60th win of the season for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So second team in the National League to do that. Of course, Atlanta is leading the National League with 68 wins. Texas, they have 61. The Texas Rangers, the Astros have 61 and then the Baltimore Orioles and Tampa Bay Rays. So the Dodgers, they joined that 60-win club, so that's definitely an accomplishment. But let's jump back down to the comment section. Erman, what up, D-Mac? What up, Erman? Got them buttons working, I see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you feeling that? Bruh. We got a bruh. We got to finish him. Finish him. Any, by the way, I'm always here for the trash talk. Any burns, you get to finish him. Finish him. We get a bruh. This is pretty much dedicated to Nando, by the way. Bruh. Uh, Kike is the best pickup from Philip Slater. David Sabatini, what is Rodriguez thinking? Tigers over the Dodgers, what the hell? I mean, look, this is someone who probably is saying to himself, I'm looking at my peripherals. I'm looking at what I've done this season. Do I really want to go and join that spotlight in Los Angeles where it might be a little too bright, where I might get rocked and get shelled in a big spot? Will that impact my free agency status when I opt out? Because he's most likely going to opt out. He has the ability to opt out of the final three years and $49 million on his contract. But our trades are producing for real. David Sabatini, Lance just has to work on giving up the home run ball. David Sabatini. It's been a long day for you, my man. New York in the house. Appreciate you rocking with us. As always, David Sabatini over on YouTube. Look really good other than that. Maddie Man 5 Dodge. Kike just needed a change of scenery and a homecoming. That's from Maddie Man Dodge 5. Yeah, one thing I also want to point out, too, with Kike, and you bring up a great point, Maddie Man, is the fact that a, not only a change of scenery, but a change of role, right? Someone that's going to specialize hitting against lefties, also not expected to play that shortstop position. Because after Trevor's story went down in Boston, that's what they were expecting to do do and he was one of the worst shortstops defensively in the league well look at the play he made there late in the game and foul territory 
I thought it was a fantastic catch, really the defensive catch of the game there. So, yeah, that was fantastic by Kike Hernandez. And that's something that in the, right there in the top of the sixth inning, Thomas fouled to left. Great catch by Kike. So that was very, very promising to see him contributing not only offensively and defensively because at one point he was one of the best utility men in the league. So, yeah, I definitely – it's a very early. It's four for 13 with two doubles, but so far so good with Kike Hernandez. And after the game, too, I liked how we said that he didn't realize how important this was going to be for him. He didn't realize how much he needed to be back at Dodger Stadium. He said playing at Dodger Stadium in front of this crowd, sold out every night, that there's really nothing like that. And this is coming from a guy who played at Fenway Park, right? One of the cathedrals in the game, the oldest in baseball, right? So that shows you, one, how special Dodger Stadium is. And two, he said he grew up here as far as as a person. So, yeah, he's happy to be back. He even said that, hey, if this is the last ride in Los Angeles, he's going to make the most of it. So so lots of really good feelings. But, Clayton, I appreciate What up, D-Mac? Just smash that like button. Yeah, smash that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers. By the way, appreciate all you guys rocking with us today. We had a lot of fun on the live stream. We had that 1K. It's all thanks to you guys. But thanks so much, guys. We had a great time. And, look, it's going to be a wild ride no matter what, right? Dino's 499, the Super Chat. In what universe are Angels buyers? That's the court Otani to resign. Also hurts Dodgers. Andrew getting worked. Summer 2022, 2023, and winter 2022. Dino's 5150. You know, Here's the thing about your, this comments on this show. Other shows, they don't show the comments. They don't read the comments that they disagree with. This show, we do that. And even if I disagree with you, which are they getting? I still have to give you some credit for bring, you know, speaking some truth. And there's some truth bombs in that comment right there, right? As much as we don't like to admit it, that this was not a great day optic-wise for this Dodgers franchise. I mean, just the fact that one Andrew Friedman is basically saying that he's blindsided in the sense that they didn't expect it at all. That's what he said. He said there was very, there was every reason that he would based on various conversations, but nothing definitive. It feels like they were blindsided, right? The Dodgers, they reached that agreement with the Tigers on that deal without knowing whether Rodriguez would accept the trade. They assumed he would. They assumed he would. You would hope you get the back channels there. I mean, he also says we respect his that he has the right to exercise. But he also says we thought having a lot of his ex-teammates, guys he played with, and our place in the standings would be very desirable. Really? That's what you thought? I, these guys are about the money, especially guys that can opt out. It's all about what's best for them financially. So it does feel like the information gathering stage kind of skipped a step with how the Dodgers approach this whole thing. So, yeah, optics-wise, not a great day because on top of everything else, you want to say to yourself that we thought the Dodgers are the ultimate destination organization. Well, apparently for Eduardo Rodriguez, it is not. So, yeah, maybe he is still emotionally scarred from giving up that home run to Puig there in the World Series where the Dodgers would end up losing. So, yeah, it's one of the one of the very interesting trade deadlines I can remember as far as, yeah. I mean, someone said earlier, a little Dodger blue balls. I mean, I agree with that. But how can you show that, Doug, without getting copyrighted? Oh, we do get copyrighted for sure. Uh, but uh, we just uh, we do this basically for you guys. So we definitely get uh, demonetized for that. Uh, hi, Dan. Worked a shift at Wegmans Warehouse and back to the podcast with David Sabatini. Dinos, we are sitting here talking up Lynn like Andrew didn't actually blow the postseason and ruin MVP Freddie Mookie. Look, you guys know that I've been 
been screaming from the highest mountain. That's been my take for a long, long time. Take advantage of the primes of Freddie and Mookie, right? And I agree with you 100%. And really, it's unfortunate. I mean, you would have hoped there was going to be a perfect storm, a perfect rotation piece. But if they gave up a lot of prospects to get Mitch Keller, who is someone who I think is very solid, a high-end two, right? But he's not a number one. Really, the only number ones out there that were remotely attainable were Justin Verlander, who had his heart set on going back to Houston, who ultimately had veto power to the Dodgers. He could have said, hey, Mets, it's Houston or bust. Pay off that contract. Get the prospects you can, and that's it. Hey, the Dodgers, they're powerless in that situation. Dylan Cease, the million-dollar question for me is, what would it have taken to get Dylan Cease? Could they have found a way to get a deal done for Cease without including Bobby Miller? If they could, I'd be very disappointed. So we'll try to find a way to reverse course a little bit, try to see if we can get those details. But that, to me, would be the very concerning one. But uh, will Lynn be another Heaney from JP Jasmine 2020? Hey, Heaney, we know the Heaney BP special, right? And I was a Heaney head at one point. But, yeah, he struggled with the home run ball as well. So that's a good comp. But I do think the swing and miss really good for for Lance Lynn. We saw that today. I mean, look at Lance Lynn's start. I mean, he was really efficient. He was cruising. I mean, first inning, top of the first, a one, two, three inning gets Blade, swinging four seam fastball, one out, Galef, first pitch ground to short for the second out, then Brown ground out to short for the third out, top of the second, he gets Thomas to fly to left, Rooker struck out swing with a curveball, then Soderstrom swinging with a four seam fastball up in the zone. So back to back, one, two, three innings to start the game. And then top of the third inning, Diaz, he grounded to third for the first down, then 1 1 to Kemp, he doubles to center, and there's that cutter again. Like I said, one of the things you have to look at, one of the big developments tonight, through tons of four seam fastball. On the year, a little over 40%. Tonight, 69%, and he heavily reduced the usage of that cutter. And we saw tonight that some of those hits against him were on that cutter. Some of the hard contact was on that cutter. So that right there, the 1-1 at Kemp, the double to center, that was on the cutter, caught too much of the plate. Then he walked Diaz. Then he gets Blade to fly to left for two with two for two outs. And then runners on first and second, 2-2. He punched him out right there, fastball up in the zone to get out of the jam and strand the runner. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great sequence right there. I mean, he's able to get out of that jam. He's able to limit any damage after giving up that double. So, yeah, I mean, that's something that really impressed me was his ability to strand runners when they were on base. I mean, and you saw right there in the third inning when the guy with Bram Litter a gal off. I mean, I thought it was just a great job right there. And then top of the fourth inning, he comes back out. He gets Brown to ground to second. Thomas doubled to center. 1-1 pitch on the changeup. Another one that caught too much of the plate. And he kind of – it really wasn't a terrible pitch, actually. I mean, not not the worst pitch right there. It really was a really nice piece of hitting there by Thomas. And then with Thomas at second, two outs, he gets Soderstrom to fly to left for the third out. So more battling, more stranding runners. Then top of the fifth, one, two, three, fifth. He struck out Diaz, curveball away, four-seam fastballs. You talk about the mix there. I thought that was a great sequence right there. And I think the sequencing compared to what you've seen in Chicago was a lot better. So that's definitely a promise. And that curveball was nasty, got him to chase. So great pitch right there. Then he gets Kemp to line to center. Then he gets Diaz to pop 
to short. So then we talk about the other innings as well. So really a solid night for for Lance Lynn. I think you really have to feel good about that considering it was the longest start by a Dodger starter since Clayton Kershaw's gem in Anaheim on 720. But let's jump back in the comments. Dodgers are the best from Jedi Jacob 16. There's no guarantee anyway from Bob Bowman. Real men of genius. Real men of genius. Great commercials back in the day. Three jacks. Pretty thin Lynn. Not good on your first day. It's from Benjamin over on YouTube. DMAC, the Dodger dog of the trade. Here's the, who's your Dodger dog? Thanks. Appreciate that, NS. I'm going to give you a Dodger dog of the night. Dodger dog of the game. Guys, remember the Dodgers are here to play. They're here to play. Yeah, I hope they're here to win. Okay, here to play sounds like a Little League slogan, right? Uh, three live streams. Yeah, Mitchell. What's up, Mitchell? Appreciate you, man. Uh, Mitchell Hopkins over on YouTube. Uh, Outman is the future of the Dodgers. Alexis. Hey, I will say that Outman does feel like he's here to stay, and he continues to perform well after that slump he went to. I was talking to James Outman a few days ago, and I even said to him, I said, hey, man, you look like you're so relaxed, man, like a big weight's been lifted off your shoulder. And he really said, yeah, man, just kind of getting through that slump and just kind of getting back to basics and having some success. I think he's really freed himself of kind of the doubt of saying, do I belong? Am I a big leaguer? Right. I mean, you saw I got hit by a pitch day. You saw him draw a walk. So even when he's not hitting home runs or extra base hits, he's still having success today. No hits goes over one. But he has two RBIs because got hit by the pitch and he had two walks. So he's raised his average to 248. And in July, he had 309 with a 904 OPS. So I'm feeling really good about James Altman also grading as an above average defender. So he is here to stay. I think he's going to be a Dodger player as far as someone that's going to be a part of this group as far as through his arbitration years at a very affordable price. And I don't think he's going to have an elite season too where you're going to have to pay him Cody Bellinger arbitration like money. So I think he's going to be a very affordable, solid asset for this team for years to come. So I could not be happier for Mr. James Alman. You can't get him out, man. You won't keep him off this team, man. So the cast DMAC appreciates you, man. Uh, Lance Lynn looked good. All he needs to do is keep it in the yard. Excellent point. It sounds like it's too simple, but really it's that simple. I mean, you give 31 dingers, right? And you look at some of the results. If he keeps it the yard, he's pretty nasty. I mean, tell me you guys weren't feeling some of those chases, some of those swings and misses, 16 whiffs. So I was feeling it, man. But obviously, look, we can't have him giving up home runs in game one of the NLDS or game two of the NLDS or whenever he gets his opportunity, right? I mean, this guy is probably going to be starting either game three or four. I still think it's going to be very interesting to monitor how Bobby Miller finishes this season and what kind of role he could have. Cause right now I still think that Bobby Miller is one of the Dodgers four best starting pitchers right now, but uh, Gosselin goes tomorrow. Better wash my Dodger blue sweatpants. That's from Benjamin over on YouTube. Hi DMAC. Hi Jedi. Uh, Marn just need guys to contribute at the right time. Let's go some more. We'll be okay. Oh, this is from Roy Estrada over on YouTube. We'll be okay. All teams are biased against the Dodgers because we always win our division and get into playoffs. Winners always draw haters. We have worldwide fans jealousy. That's a good point. Yeah, the envy is real always. Carl, talking about player activity at trade deadline, but biggest concern is Robert's management in the postseason. Carl, yeah, I mean, look, that's always something. I mean, taking out Rich Hill, the disaster class in 2019, not leaving Kent to my Ada there, not having Adam Cleric there to face Soto, trying to rewrite the history with, with Clayton Kershaw in that one. Joe Kelly out in that one instead of, of Kelly, instead of Kenley when you go and you bring up the Howie Kendrick 
Grand Slam. Yeah, it's something that, uh, by the way, I'm just reliving these memories. Yeah, there's a lot of bad decisions. Julio Urias, I think, coming out of the bullpen there in 2021 against the Braves. I think that compromised him that series. He wasn't the same pitcher. Last year, Tyler Anderson not going deep into that game. Yeah, hey, man, you want to play the Dave Roberts disaster class game? Well, you can go that route all day for sure. But I also think, too, he's done a pretty solid job with this team that hasn't given a lot of starting pitching and has dealt with some injuries. But we got Jason Walker is not going to be ready in top form by the playoffs, thinking he will as a pipe dream. I agree that it's, I would say, to expect six, seven innings as a starting pitcher where he's going to have pristine command in a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, that's a pipe dream. But I do think he can contribute in some capacity. That is the word within the organization. That is the word right now amongst the team is that, Walker Bueller, he wants to be back. You saw him posting on his Instagram, 94 mile per hour off the mound there in Arizona. So if anyone can do it, it's Walker Bueller. But I agree that, you know, let's not get carried away. To me, it is icy on the cake. But uh, E. Rodriguez wanted to pad his stats in a crap division rather than risk struggling in a tough one. It's about that. I love that, BC. I love that. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, you have mid AL Central competition. He's in a contract year. I don't buy anything about his family and all that stuff. I mean, I don't care. Erod, hey, losers lose, whatever. I mean, I mean, yeah, he's had success in his career, but it is what it is. I'm just, like, just a little triggered. But I'd be stroking. I'm surprised Andrew Freeman didn't make a trade for Smush Parker. Okay, that's going to finish him. How many rings would this team win without Tommy managing? Play. Hey, look, Tommy, he's Lasorda. I mean, he's a different manager. I'll tell you that these guys would not be taken out of the game under any circumstances. But uh, a couple um, – Jose Lima, yeah, I agree. RIP Jose Lima forever. A 499 from the 27 Riverdale. We got some nice new pieces and hardly give anything. We got reinforcements coming with Clayton and maybe Walker. Watch us go deeper than last year. That's from 27 Riverdale. I love it. That's a Mitch Lotta Apple take of the night from 27 Riverdale. That's the way to frame it. I mean, you give up a Nestrini, sure, fine. He's regressed this year, and he's a guy that we'll see. Does he project that someone's going to be a big impact pitcher? Not really. He has a chance to possibly crack the big league roster sooner than later, but still, with the surplus they have, you don't feel bad about losing a pitcher, and if you're going to give one, that's one of the guys that is definitely kind of on the regression side. So, yeah, that's a fantastic point. It's not like you, this farm system is still one of the best in baseball, right? You still have that war chest filled, so this offseason if you don't get Otani or even if you do you can cash in maybe try to get a cease maybe try to get a Nolan Arenado those are the kind of deals that take a long time to materialize to come to fruition and also we know that Andrew Friedman that's when he likes to deal that's when he truly cooks is in the offseason when you're not rushed when you can truly evaluate players when you see that there's teams that are committed to trading players so that's a fantastic point from 27 Riverdale what up JR we got Nando Nando we got I am supposed to get excited for being the A's if this is Gabriel Galef I'm sure this is going to be good I am supposed to get excited for being the A's if this is Friedman cooking skills he couldn't even get a job at a volunteer soup kitchen <laughs> I mean, hey man like i said it was going to be either he's cooking a t-bone steak or he's cooking top ramen right <laughs> that's the reality today but still <laughs> uh we got Fortnite from angel villalobos over on youtube who says 
Uh, have you seen the clip of Trish Stratus roasting the Astros? Really? Wow. Trish Stratus pull. That's interesting. I've not seen it. I can't wait. I'll look for that immediately after this stream. But uh, I expected a win. We got at least Roberts can't put Bigford in anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they just need bodies with the Mets. Now, I mean, for the Mets, that's, I thought the Mets were sellers. I mean, you make a trade for Bigford, you're going all in, right? No, but uh, I wish him well. Bigford, man. Philip Bigford, the Dodgers DJ. I'll never forget being in that Dodgers clubhouse after a game once, and you would expect maybe Mookie or at the time Justin Turner. I mean, someone else, anyone other than Philip Bigford, but he was the guy DJing, had some house beats on. It was a very interesting situation. All the players were feeling it. So, yeah, it was very interesting. Dodgers, baby from LM Dodgers. Andrew is arrogant. Georgie, look, if we can just score the runners in scoring position in October, we'll be okay. We just need pitching to be good. And if they hit and score, I believe the Dodgers can make a deep run. There we go. At some point, Point. We're going to rise like the Phoenix. We're going to definitely start being a little more positive about this team. But for now, I think that uh, my favorite thing about the show is we kind of keep it 100 with each other about the current state of this roster. So prospects will rot in Triple A's from Diane Schroeder. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's it feels a little criminal that Michael Bush is there. I mean, I think we'll see what happens with J.D. Martinez. If he has an IL stint, of course, you get backdated three days. Will Bush get an opportunity? Will he see some type of platoon situation? I hope they give him an opportunity because he has nothing else to prove. I mean, you talk about a 1K OPS, 1,000 OPS there at the minor league level. So Doom underscore, Doom underscore Sal, DMAC next year will be the disappointment if they don't go to the World Series. I agree with you. Philip Slater, I like to cease and desist. There we go. I don't believe the Houston versus LA World Series. LA just needs to get past the Braves, and Houston needs to beat the Rangers. Junior, that's a lot to do. That's a tall task. D-Max Smith is struggling, looks bad at the plate. Cesar, yeah, a little slump. He'll break out of it. I think he looks a little gassed, man. That's part of the problem with not having a legitimate backup catcher. I really still think that Fiducia should have gotten an opportunity. Dodgers win the World Series in six. This Braves team won't. Do some more. Lynn is the... Dodger pitcher of the year, the dinger pitcher of the year. <laughs> Boomer Sasson always comes with it. Finish him. Uh, Roy Estrada, what happened to the Braves in the 90s when they had the best pitching staff? They only won one World Series. They choked in the 90s. Look it up if you were not born. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, they have one to show for that World Series in that 14-year run. We also had some really pretty dominant teams, right? That Yankees team. And that team was fantastic. So it's tough. But, uh, yeah, there does. And also, you look at the style, too. I mean, it's dominating pitchers. The Randy Johnsons, right? I mean, Kirk Schillen just finds it in the postseason that era. But, yeah, that's kind of – it's different, right? James Altman is definitely here to stay. That's from Diane Schroeder. Altman back above MLB average at the plate. Yeah, Altman – Look, say what you want about James Allen, but he's definitely holding it down the bottom of the lineup as one of the better hitters for the Dodgers. So, yeah, James Altman, like heading into today, I mean, what more can you say about the guy? A 112 way runs created plus for a seventh round pick that totally reworked his swing from the ground up. The guy who had a self proclaimed, a self identified caveman swing. I do want to see the home runs go up, though, man. I need to see him leave the yard a little more. Sitting on 12 bombs this year, but I think that's also one of the reasons why he was able to work his way out of the slump is he stopped trying to swing for the fences and just kind of swing for contact. But uh, Dan Munster is batting 190. Yeah, I mean, still well above average, though. Erod, more like E-Fraud. There we go, Ismael Sanchez. I love that one. Yeah, I mean, look, it was the trade deadline, right? It was the trade deadline. But still, they got five pieces. I still think that hopefully we're going to look back and say, okay, 
Everyone, when they traded Chris Martin, they said Chris Martin's not going to do much. He ends up being one of the best relievers down the stretch. I think Yarbrough is someone that, if he limits hard contact, he doesn't walk anyone, man. He just pounds the zone with strikes, induces soft contact at an elite level, one of the best in the league. So I think that, yeah, he's going to help, man. And at least there's depth, man. There is depth. Junior Torres, huge Astros fan, but D-Mac is the best MLB voice on YouTube. A uh, young Vince Scully. Wow, Junior Torres, man. I'm going to give you a super chat for a comment like that, my man. <laughs> give me your Venmo. I don't know, but I appreciate you. you hey, win. And like I Perfect. said, man, we're all baseball fans here, and if we disagree on topics, it's totally okay, but uh, we kind of wanted Justin Verlander here, but uh, hey, we got what we got, and let's uh, let's ride from here, but I appreciate you, but uh, Nando, D-Mac Rose and Erod. Yeah, man, I'm just not happy about that. Uh, yeah, the Smush Parker pull from Boomer Assassin or whoever that was, that was great. Gabriel Galef, <laughs> he's got his burn in there once again. Uh, Erod loving eight miles from Philip Slade. That's a fire take. We got Diane Schroeder. I hope Julio and Catman can figure it out because now we need all hands on deck. That's a great point, and that's going to be something we're going to be focusing on in the next few weeks because Tony Gonson hasn't pitched well. Julio Arias hasn't pitched well. I think Julio, I have faith that he is going to get closer to what we saw last season throughout his career, especially when you consider the contract that's on the line for him. Gonsolin, a little less confidence in, but if those guys can get 50% better than they've been and get closer to what we've seen throughout their careers, that's going to go a long way. Because let's be honest, Gonsolin, this is an audition for him. This is an audition. Are you going to be a part of this postseason roster? Because his ERA... And the postseason is higher than Cody Bellinger on 420. I mean, a 920 postseason ERA, that's just not going to fly. But 2024 is all we have. No, now, uh, puppies from Orlando, <laughs> no more Bicky. We got Bush going to win rookie of the year at four. <laughs> okay, that's the comment of the game. I'm over that. <laughs> Bush is going to win rookie of the year at 40 years old. Okay, I'm dead. Uh, need a money ball style miracle to win the World Series at this point. Why couldn't we get Dylan Cease? We got uh, what's good, DMAC? What's up, Marco? Jonathan says, DMAC, I think this is an opportunity for Grove Miller to get their blank together or they're gone next year. I think Grove has an opportunity to carve out a role in the bullpen. I definitely think with that cutter against lefties, 98 mile per hour fastball, 12 to 6 curve, I still think that his misses are pretty bad. But yeah, I don't think that there's going to be high expectations for him for the remainder of the season. Smith with 4Ks tonight. Yeah, that definitely was not good. I mean, 4Ks for Will Smith just hasn't looked good at the plate for a good stretch now. So you're definitely feeling like he's due to break out of his slump, and hopefully he does. Because I was definitely. Not impressed with his night, to say the least. But uh, it's Will Smith. I mean, he's still hitting 275. The still well above average. Third sitting on 13 home runs, 52 RBIs, a 853 OPS. That's top 20. So yeah, I mean, he does look fatigued. Looks gassed out there. But uh, we got uh, what's up, Jonah? How you doing, my man? Um, we got uh, Craig Osber. Why does Roberts wait so long to take a picture after two walks? I mean, they're trying to get as much length from each of these guys as they possibly can, especially if they've shown any f- efficiency. I think you saw them get Evan Phillips up after Bruzdar had those two walks. Ferguson, I thought, pitched well tonight, too. Don't want to not mention that, but I'd be stroking what up, but uh, we are wearing out Will Smith from Deuce. 
East Cat, DMAC, watch Lynn turn out like Scherzer and Kike turn out like Trey. <laughs> we'll see. That'd be great, man. That'd be fantastic. I mean, I'd take that. I mean, Scherzer had a 198 ERA in his 11 stars with the Dodgers in the regular season. Had that one clunker there against St. Louis. Ran out of gas there in the postseason. But I heard Grove was part of the C's trade talk, and Friedman said, no, J-Kid 323, you're definitely yanking my train on that one. Yeah, I don't think that uh, Michael Grove was the deal breaker there. But uh, BC optimistic about Vargas coming back. Not so much Bush. Interesting. DMAC with 4K tonight. I mean, Will Smith. Yeah, David Sabatini. It was a rough night for me at the plate. Exactly, Gina. Lynn's sanity, for sure. It's what we said at the top of the show. Hopefully, he performs well. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodger Nation postgame show. I'm going to get Sean in here at the end, though. Sean, uh, Fiducia, best attribute is his solid to plus receiving and blocking ability behind the plate. He has average arm strength, though. Base stealers have run wild on him in AAA the past two years. Yeah, for him, it's really about his bat, right? About the upgrades of bat. That's why I thought that defensively it was going to be tough to throw him in this situation with veteran pitchers and a team with World Series aspirations. If they were going to do it, they would have done it earlier. And like I said, I talked to Clayton Kershaw a few days ago about Austin Barnes. I'll post what he said. I mean, he was so complimentary and he spoke so glowingly about Austin Barnes as his friend that it just was never going to happen. I'm telling you, I'll post that. I mean, they've got so close over the years that it just as long as Kershaw's here, Austin Barnes is here. I think it's period, end of story. But Justin Lombard, hey Doug, all the trade chips we didn't use, we can use them in the winter, right? Position players more available via trade than free agency in the winter. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. You still got that war chest full and they're going to have a lot to work with in the offseason to make moves. Of course, top of the priority list is Shohei Otani, but if they aren't able to get that done, even if they do, you can still add depth around them with that. But uh, thanks guys for rocking with us here on the Dodgers Nation post game show. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button. We got Barnes the worst to AJ Ellis. Yeah, I mean, Kershaw for 3,000 strikeouts. Absolutely. But thanks, guys. As always, my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. For all these Dodgers news and rumors all season long, live streams, giveaways, big giveaways coming up this month. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to drop a video on that. You won't want to miss that. So all you guys will be eligible to win. So thanks, J-Kid. Appreciate you. My, Mitchell uh, Hopkins, appreciate you and uh, Dan Schreiner and all the friends out there, Carl. But thanks, guys. As always, remember, another brings together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home.